0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.
1: Well, as we told you off the top of the show, as you've, hear, you've been hearing all day on six thirty Chad during our newscast, and of course we'll continue to update uh, what has happened. Uh, at least fifty eight people massacred in. Vegas. They were at a concert at the Route 91 Harvest Festival. 22,000 people there. 58 people, at least 58 people were killed. 500 injured when a gunman opened fire with a high-profile, a high-powered high, um, high weapon from the 32nd floor, the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Uh, Reggie Cicchini, who is a producer and correspondent for Global National out of Washington, joining us this afternoon. Hi, Reggie. Hey, good afternoon. Uh, what's the latest? Uh, are we still going with those numbers? 58 uh, killed, 500 injured?
2: That's the number that we're sitting with right now, 58. They said that the number could be 59, but the, the uh, law enforcement officials just weren't, uh, weren't ready to go any higher with it. So 58 is where it stands and still 515 injured.
0: Reggie, possibly before we ask you specific questions, can you just generally update us on what we, you know, what the news is?
2: Uh, well, so right now what, what we've got is, uh, is the situation still, uh, you know, we're still, it's still an active investigation throughout Las Vegas where this man entered, uh, was in a hotel room. He, uh, the suspect, a 64-year-old man, opened fire on 22,000 people that were at this concert right now. Uh, the investigation is, is starting to shrink in size. Just outside of the Mandalay Bay Hotel is where the exact closures are right now. The rest of the Las Vegas Strip has been reopened. The reason the closure is still in place is because there's still an active body recovery uh, through that concert.
1: Area And as far as the suspect in this case, the 64-year-old Steven Paddock from Mesquite, Nevada, um, seemingly living a fairly ordinary life up until last night, what do we know about him?
2: So there are a few a few details actually coming out about this. I know the, the absolute most recent thing, according to the Associated Press, is that the suspect, uh, according to family members, was a multimillionaire uh, real estate developer. So that's what we're learning from the Associated Press right now. Outside of that, his brother spoke to the media earlier today, said that this was a man who uh, wasn't actively employed. He was living in a retirement community on the Arizona border, had moved from Florida recently, uh, that he had weapons in his possession. His brother had said he had a couple of firearms. He have had a long gun, but that all of this was out of the ordinary. He didn't have any religious affiliations. He didn't have any political affiliations. So what investigators are left to go with right now is what was his frame of mind at that time? And what was the reason for this?
0: So he has a very... uh unspectacular past uh, in terms of any involvement with uh, police. I think a a parking or a a moving violation ticket was all that anybody found. But, and perhaps it's simply a side story. His family has an odd, notable history, though, his dad specifically.
2: Yeah, we've learned that his father was actually on the FBI's most wanted list for about uh, five or six years back in the late 1960s into the early 1970s. It was linked to a bank robbery that had taken place. Uh, You know, this is a story that, you know, it it kind of garnered a little bit of attention earlier this afternoon most people are just kind of looking at it and saying well okay his family had a storied past but this doesn't actually you know lead us to think that maybe this is why he you know is in the or was in the situation that he is but outside of that all we know the rest of his family no issues his father had a run in with police with the fbi nothing about the suspect
1: reggie cicchini joining us uh this afternoon from washington uh what has been the reaction out of washington
2: So we heard from the president earlier today, he spoke uh, from inside the White House in a very somber, very uh, religiously toned speech uh, saying that this was a product of evil, that this was something that uh, America needs to be able to move past, that this is something that he doesn't want to see anymore. It was a little strange listening to him because this president isn't somebody who has actively gone out and, and... Spoken of or used religion to his benefit. So for him to come and stand at a podium, it kind of had people standing back a little bit saying, this this is almost coming off a little awkward right now. Nonetheless, the president was on script. He didn't say anything off script. And uh, he held a moment of silence just about two hours ago on the south lawn of the White House with the vice president, the first lady, the vice president's wife as well. We're now expecting the president to head to Las Vegas on Wednesday to meet with officials.
0: You know, just uh, back to the suspect again for a second. We've said his past is unspectacular or doesn't stand out uh, other than that side story about his uh, father, which, as you say, probably uh, you, you it's really difficult to, to connect those two. Uh, I had heard a story that um, that uh, the suspect uh, had been gambling, um But there was no indication as to whether or not uh, he had had large losses or large um, gains. And I guess maybe, uh, like many people, I'm just trying to wrap my head around what the motive might be here. Do you have any information on that?
2: So we have heard. I've heard from sources that he did actually. Uh, he, he was a gambler, and that uh, in the last couple of days, according to sources inside the hotel, there were large sums of money that had been spent. Whether it was uh, you know a ten thousand dollar gain, a twenty thousand dollar loss, they weren't going into the details of it, but they said that this was somebody who liked to gamble. It was also uh, told to us that this is somebody. You know, the suspect was somebody that would play hundred dollar a hand poker games. So. Whether or not this was financially motivated, we don't know about that. What we do know is that the suspect checked himself into the hotel on Thursday, and had uh, had. We believe he had rented out at least two rooms so there were mm. there was a number of days for him to be in this room potentially planning this attack potentially uh, you know plotting out some kind of course for this
1: incident but reggie as you mentioned i mean abc reporting that the brother said that this guy was a multimillionaire, so a hundred dollar a hand poker if the guy has a ton of cash uh would not be so strange really
2: no, absolutely not. That's what I'm saying. If, if, we're, if this man really does have all yeah. uh, hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, losing a couple of hundred bucks here yeah. and there, $10,000 here and there, really may not be the motivation. So now it's a matter of looking to say, was well, was this mental health? Was okay. there something that led up to this? You know, there were unconfirmed reports that, uh, that uh, members of the so-called Islamic State were yeah. trying to take uh, advantage of this and say that this was the work of them. So... There's a lot of of avenues that are being followed right now into this investigation, which is still in the very early moment.
1: Reggie, a lot of people asking why this isn't being called a terror incident.
2: It's a question that's actually circulating around Washington as well. I mean, if this had happened overseas, as we've seen before with President Trump, he's very quick to to denounce something as a terrorist incident. On domestic soil, it's very often called a mass shooting. The word Mm -hmm. terrorism is, is not often associated to it. And, you know... The way that the conversation has been going today with people I've been talking to is oftentimes when there is a shooting incident and it involves a, a suspect who is Caucasian, who isn't of, of a different race, it's rarely labeled mm-hmm. as terrorism. And it takes a lot of, uh, of um, information and, and uh, investigation from police force to actually get the information going. So maybe this will be down the line. You know, police will say this was a matter of terrorism as of now, it's just a mass shooting investigation.
0: You know, Reggie, I know that law enforcement, the media for that matter, are going to try and track down exactly where all the weapons were obtained that were in the room or were used uh, for this shooting. But, uh, you know, I go to Las Vegas frequently. You can't go anywhere in Las Vegas without being uh, in the eye of a camera, uh, both on the street and in the casinos. I would assume law enforcement is also pulling that video footage. I'm curious as to how many how that many guns goes from a lobby up to a hotel room?
2: That's a question that's being asked right now, is how this man was able to check in, because it would have been visible to people standing behind a check-in counter that this man was carrying a number of cases that likely uh, contained weapons. We do have to remember, though, that Nevada has some of the most mm-hmm. lax uh, gun laws across the United States where you don't need to have licenses or registration to carry weapons or, or large firearms, and there's also no provision on how much uh, ammunition you can be carrying. So... <laughs> well, it may seem strange to have somebody with 10 guns, you know, people who have been to Vegas, I've been to Vegas, there are a lot of shooting ranges and gun ranges that you can go to as well, so there are questions that need to be asked about the security of, you know, people going into a hotel and somebody has all these guns, but you know it's, it's also kind of a way of life down there where people are just allowed to own weapons.
1: Reggie there was also some questions um, raised about the ID that uh, this person used to check into the hotel with uh, the like of a uh, woman's ID. Gee, what was that all about?
2: So we know that uh, that the suspect was married at one point. He hadn't talked to his ex-wife. This was a, a person that is being described not quite as a roommate, but as a live-in friend, a, a potential uh, a potential relationship. We don't actually know the exact uh, details of the man and the, of the suspect and, and this woman. She was out of town. She was in the Philippines at the time that this happened, uh, late last night. Uh, but we do know that he had some of her ID with him, and whether it was used to book the rooms, whether it was used uh, you know, to show that potentially he needed two rooms or multiple cards, w- were the, those those details of the investigation still haven't come out yet
0: uh one last question for me reggie uh because there's some confusion on this and a number of our listeners have asked um originally uh it was uh, said that he was shot by a uh, law enforcement possibly fbi then later that it was a self-inflicted wound that he took his own life um is there still some lack of clarity there or or or, or what do we know about that
2: so, so, during a law enforcement update earlier today, that question was asked, and from the best guess that we were able to get from enforcement is that, uh, you know, this this went on for 12, 15 minutes before uh, police were actually able to get up to the room in this hotel. And they entered the room, the swamp team, you know, it's called, they called out breach, breach, breach. The door was opened up. There was a large flash. It's the best guess from law enforcement is that they went into the room. There may have been an exchange of gunfire, but only as they walked in. It's still believed that the suspect had taken his own life and that there was a potential for uh, SWAT teams to just open fire when they went into the room. Police have said that they're going to go over body camera footage of the police officers that were in the hotel in order to get a better idea of what was going on.
1: Reggie, thank you so much for this. Appreciate you taking the time today.
2: Any, anytime.
1: All right, Reggie Giacchini joining us, uh, a producer and correspondent for Global National out of Washington. A break here when we come back. A first-hand account of escaping that concert bowl last night. We do know at least five Canadians were injured in that shooting in Vegas overnight. Two Canadians killed, including an Albertan. Um, Jessica Klimchuk was in Vegas with her fiance. Um, She's from Alberta, 28 years old. 23-year-old Jordan Mickledoon of Maple Ridge was also killed in the shooting. Now, Red Deer Uh, man, Jason Bicek, was in Vegas with his wife and friends at that concert. Here is his story.
3: Uh, We're good now. We're back to our uh, condo here in Vegas. Um, We pretty much... Spent the night holed up in a in a nearby hotel uh, that we took shelter in. Um, so it was a long night. Uh, we were pretty much in the middle of the of the crowd on the on the main floor, and uh, Jason Aldean had just finished a song, and there were four four kind of quick pops. Uh, that sounded like firecrackers. And, uh, you know, being the end of a song, I, I actually thought it, we thought it were, was firecrackers. Um, then shortly after that was uh, the audio that you heard there. Jason went into another song and uh, there was uh, a lot of live gunfire after that. First, everybody kind of hit the deck um, thinking, maybe not thinking uh, it was gunfire yet, but it was, you know, something you know, potentially dangerous, Um, then I think once everybody realized that it was actually gunfire, and it was actually heavy gunfire, um, that's when it was all panic. Everybody jumped up and ran for the exit. The way it's laid out, there's actually two exits. There's one that was on the Mandalay Bay side of of the venue, and then there's one on the opposite side of the venue. And of course, Nobody's running towards the gunfire, so basically, you know, everyone's running for the same exit, and it was uh, it was absolute pandemonium. The only thing we could really tell was that the, the shooting was behind us as we were running away. We weren't really aware that it was coming from you know such a high altitude at the hotel. Um, I myself actually thought that somebody was on the grounds in the venue, um, and and. Yeah, it was definitely hard to tell where exactly it was coming from, and as we were running away, it was it was echoing in, on the buildings that we were running through, so it was really deceiving where it was coming from. A lot of people said that they, they thought there was people in front of us shooting and, and on the sides, but, you know, the echo off the building made it definitely difficult to tell. I honestly couldn't tell you what was going through my head. Uh, we were all running, and uh, <laughs> it was basically panic. We actually did not not see any injured people around us. Um, as soon as we, pretty much as soon as we were out of the gate, there was police everywhere. So it was like literally thirty seconds to a minute before the place had, had police everywhere. And uh, across the street from the venue is a parking lot. We had to crawl under a or jump over or crawl under a chain link fence uh... to run through the parking lot to escape and uh... we could literally hear bullets hitting pavement and cars around us and it was definitely intense you know, you could just hear bullets hitting things around you and, and like I said, with the buildings echoing it is deceiving, so it's hard to tell but it definitely sounded like it was close. What, one one of the one of the friends that we're with actually realized once we got to where we were going, um that he there was blood spatter on his leg and his shoes. So, um I'm thinking that somebody near us Um, was definitely shot and and splattered on there. And uh, one of the girls that was actually running in front of us was shot in the back. We didn't see that happen, actually. She had no idea that she had been shot until we got to, uh, what we did was we, obviously everyone was running, uh, you know, as fast as they could and as far as they could away from everything. We actually got to another uh, small hotel or motel type thing um, that was close by, and we all went into the lobby there, and that's actually when she noticed, somebody else noticed she was shot, and she had no idea. It, it was kind of reported on the news and, it, and really makes sense that the, the four initial pops that we heard um, at the end of that Jason Aldean song they figure was likely him breaking uh, shooting the window out of the hotel because the windows don't open and there's no balcony. So they're saying that the four initial pops were probably him breaking the window. and then after that there was a spray that you heard on the audio there. Then there was a break of probably 10 seconds and then there was another another uh, spray of bullets that was it seemed like forever probably a good. 15 20 seconds uh, this it I don't I don't know much about guns but this didn't seem like any you know rifle to I me mean, this was a this was a heavy artillery gun in my mind it's definitely surreal and it's just it was literally insanity
1: literally insanity that is uh Red Deer man Jason bisick who was at that concert last night in Las Vegas telling us about how he and his wife and his friends escaped alive along with about twenty one Thousand other people from that concert. To our coverage continues after this.
0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.